Hey, everybody. Welcome. Uh, we are live with James Dayton. Uh, James is, I would say, James, based off your credentials on what I'm seeing, if a lot of people don't know, um, coming from as a, an original founder of the Harbin Brothers, I think it's safe to say that you're an OG for sure. Um, I'm a second original founder. I think that's that's uh, fair to say because it was originally started by, uh, let's see, Jeff, Neil, uh, Theron, Daniel, those guys, and then they brought me in after the fact. Benton was one of those okay. original too. Got it. Okay. Um, so one of the original, well, second gen founders. <laughs> um, but you were still involved um, heavily in essentially a lot of the major things that they were known for prior to that. I mean, I think you worked for them prior to becoming a owner and founder, but you were still involved in a lot of their big successful campaigns that they were extremely well known for. Yeah, hundred uh, percent. In fact, in fact, uh, yeah. To clarify, let's see, Squatty Potty. What was that? Two thousand fifteen, something like that. And I think I came uh, to be an owner in two thousand seventeen. So, uh, yeah, I think I worked for them about two years uh, before before I came on. What would you say is the most well known thing that they're known for? Like, what's their biggest claim to fame? You know what? Whenever we ask. Uh, Ask people if they've ever heard of the squatty potty or, or purple mattress thing. Everybody's like, oh, yeah, of course I got a squatty potty. In fact, I just got a haircut right before this. And uh, yes, thank you for... for uh... Me too. I got one yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. But I was in there and uh, and the lady goes, goes, so what do you do? I go, oh, we've, uh, you know, we do videos and stuff like that. And of course, they want to know the repertoire. And so we'll say, yeah, I did squatty potty and purple and fiber fix and uh, just recently dirty dough. And uh, and they go, oh, yeah, yeah, squatty potty. Awesome. I, I love my squatty potty. So um, anytime you have the millennials, everybody's still using the squatty potty. We're talking like, what, six, seven years later? I would say that's still one of the most impactful things that has kind of a long tail to it. So right. I remember pooper, weren't, you guys were part of the poopery too, right? The whole uh, poopery was right before Squatty Potty, I believe, and I was not a part of that one, which I'm super bummed about because it turned out so good. That one was awesome. I can't believe people still use that. <laughs> uh, we've got some in our bathroom. Yeah, I love it. I love it. For anybody that doesn't know, there's something called poopery, and you literally spray it in the toilet and the water, and it creates like a shield, and then it's supposed to, you know, separate the smell. <laughs> so. Well, and then and then Squatty Potty came in uh, a few years later and did their own version of it, the Unicorn Gold, which is even better. Just so you know. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> awesome. Well, we're here today to talk about creative, um, primarily. Um, so obviously, you're familiar with Hadleaks. A lot of we have a lot of agencies. We have a lot of you know brand owners. And the big thing is, how do these people leverage to resonate with their audience like a pro? You know. A lot of people can't afford a Harmon Brothers or afford, you know, an agency like what you have going on now with yourself with uh, Buckwall Media. Like that's just out of some of the brands' reach because they're not to that level of growth yet. Right. So today we're going to talk about what are some of those things that can easily be implemented or things that they can do to make sure that they're hitting their audiences like you would, obviously not with the same level of quality and stuff. But, you know, what what are the best things that we can do to leverage that to make that possible? um with the budgets that some of these people have to play with now obviously we have some people that use agencies like yourself we have some that don't so um yeah that's kind of what we're going to discuss today so yeah if you want to kick it off i'll let you give we kind of talked a little bit about of a background of you but if you kind of want to talk about landscape kind of where you are now what you're doing and then we can kind of get into get into that 
I love that. And uh, and I'm so glad you brought that up. One of the reasons why I left Harmon Brothers was because I wanted to create an agency uh, that was so much more attainable uh, for, for a lower level business, right? Uh, you're exactly right. Right now in today's landscape, um, companies are, are uh, poorer than ever simply because of um, the breakage that's happened in iOS 14 and a half, the rising CPMs, uh, the dropped economy, the 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 slam high inflation. Um, that we we've all watched the mass layoffs happening, especially in the tech space, right? And it's been so so difficult for products under a hundred dollars um, to really find their footing again in e-commerce uh, for 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 the past while, right? And that's because mm-hmm. they're fighting. Uh, People who are who are now being being much more of a watchdog with their own wallets, trying to be careful not to spend too much, um, trying to spend more on essentials nowadays than ever, right? And and everybody's just just a little more careful for their job, right? And so yeah, right now, if you're to look on at Maslow's hierarchy of needs, right, we're stepping a little bit away from self actualization and we're moving back towards survival mode um, a little bit more, and, and this won't last forever. Right. But it's just it's simply uh, what the it's the milieu or the or the landscape that we are currently in right now. So, yeah, one of the biggest reasons I left Harm Brothers is is because I said, look, our campaigns are very expensive. It's just it's the reality. Right. And uh, and before I came over, I was doing a whole bunch of commercial work and doing a lot of television work, work with uh, TLC, Discovery Channel, Travel Channel, Viacom, MTV, Vice TV, et cetera. And I loved doing that stuff, but I loved uh, being able to be very scrappy for clients and, and to help them deliver. Um, and that's that's just kind of how we operated. And, and with Harmon Brothers, I loved that that's kind of how they operated early on. They had expensive campaigns, but if things weren't working out, they went back on their own dollar and went and fixed campaigns until they were flying. And I love that. In the early days, that's very much how we were. Um and then over time, we just started taking on so many clients over there. They just started kind of filling this funnel that fed fed a beast. And I didn't want to be a part of that anymore. That wasn't that wasn't really for me. There's a lot of fantastic, amazing people over there. Um, a, a lot of my very good friends are still over there as creative directors uh, and ad buyers and uh, and admin and social people. Um, but really, I wanted to take it right back to the uh, to the garage where I began. Uh, so we edit out of the garage, we edit out of the basement again, uh, but we've gone into a place where where we have shrunk our partnership here at Buckwild Media, because right now we're in a completely different milieu than we were five years ago, right? Uh, the performance uh, style campaign has, has, to a certain degree, become very commoditized. There used to be a very big specialty where only a few companies reigned, right? And now I think, what, Tech Buzz just did an article... Uh, about two months ago, and they said that 15,000 performance companies have now entered the space. That is some impressive market entry. And they said the biggest the biggest thing that is problematic is companies are now confused as to who's worth their salt and who's not, right? And so one of the one of the biggest things they have to do is they have to pump through all these different agencies and they're pumping money and saying, who's good, who's not. And, and the biggest way that they can find out if somebody's worth their salt or not is they can look at their track record, uh, reach out to those past companies and see if if uh, the content is actually good. Um, and yep. so for us, luckily, I, I come with a pretty strong track record. 
having produced uh, Squatty Potty and Purple and Fiber Fix. And, and since then, uh, having had hits now with Sauna Benefits and with Defunkify, Gotreads just recently grew 5,300%. Cuffed Up grew 1,000%. Uh, things that that I worked on right now. Dirty Doe just barely hit. Uh, uh, what was it? Good Morning America and CNBC and doubled their sales and tripled their franchise. And so, luckily, we here at Buckwild Media uh, were able to use my resume to leverage kind of where we've been quite a bit. But but for a lot of clients, I'll be honest with you, they come to us and say, you know, we've worked with a lot of a lot of agencies at this point, and we are so gun shy. We just feel like we've been burned time and time and time again with with high fees and low performance and just what, to set the table this is what it feels like we're, we're kind of sitting in right. right now what was the starting fee at Harmon? i'm just curious like a starting package for most um, so, so this is this is more uh more details that that you could absolutely reach out to them and they'd be very open with you about um i don't want to i don't want to get too much into their own uh details because they're they're actually a pretty open book uh with that stuff uh, but I can tell you where where our fees are with Buckwild Media, and obviously you can compare around. Um, right now we do a UGC matrix st- uh, uh, style package where we actually do message testing to to check out what message resonates with your audience. How do you not waste millions of dollars over the next decade on the on the wrong messages that do not sell? Uh, we start that at nine thousand dollars, and then uh, we'll work up to uh, you know what what is kind of our our tester labs package, which then goes up to twenty to forty thousand dollars, and then we'll do a one day shoot with a spokesperson with very uh, convince, convincing argumentation with a with a, a script that has been done by a professional team, and that will run up around ninety thousand dollars. And then you've got your you know two to three day shoots, which are about two hundred fifty thousand with us, and then you've got our big hero video, which comes in at five minutes. Uh, that's about four hundred fifty thousand dollars here at Buckwild Media. Um, and but, but I know people. I know some people are probably like, "Wow, that's expensive." But if you do that same thing, and I know we've talked about this a couple weeks ago, and I know you said you didn't want to give prices, but if you did that same thing at Harmon, you're talking three to four times the price. I, I wouldn't say three to four, but uh, it's 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 expensive. We have we have very specifically made it so that we take very small margins as active partners as we work inside of our projects. That's where we take our money. Right. And so when you come and hire us at Buckwild Media, uh, you're hiring the same team who's working on your project rather than uh, than inactive partners taking it on the outside. Right. Uh, and right now it is so important um, that clients know that their money is going back into the into the production budget, because, again, with a market as price sensitive as this one, people need to know that they're getting their value back. And, and we're no longer in a day and age where you can spend half a million bucks on one video and one video only, right? The market now massively values the TikTokification of, of content, right? Uh, they want a piece of content that they can launch weekly, that they can, you know, if, if you do a hero video with us, um, you're going to get a, a five-minute long hero video that's going to come with uh, about 40 different cutdowns because you need content that can that can sling sure. every which way across every platform that you can possibly get. And then it needs to actually be, uh, excuse me, dialed in for that specific platform to actually uh, to perform well in, right? right? For example, with Dirty Dough, right? Dirty Dough came to us and they said, "Hey, you know, we wanna, we wanna, um, we wanna do uh, these these fun pieces that uh, that deal with the the lawsuit that's happening because Crumble just recently sued uh, Dirty Dough and uh, and Crave Cookie Company." 
Um, and so they said, we really kind of want to spot, shine, shine a spotlight on uh, on the lawsuit and the goings on of it, but we also want to convert, right? And so what we did is we created a five video episodic uh, where we start out uh, really kind of poking fun at, at the ridiculousness of the lawsuit itself. Um, and then over time, uh, amalgamating and converting that into a conversion piece, right? right. So. So by the very end, people are going, yeah, the last video was my favorite. The last video is absolutely, it's, I mean, we're converting hard to people, right? We're, we're pushing uh, people into a franchise model with Dirty Dough and it converts really well, but people don't see it coming because they've been, they've been so entertained through this five episode uh, narrative conversion uh, funnel, right? And so uh, we're just, we're just coming up with new formats um, that, that work well across uh, the YouTubes, the TikToks, the the Instagrams, the Facebooks, uh, but are also actually meant to to be picked up by PR really well as well. Right. So let's talk about how one that doesn't have the budget for the big, big production, you know, that's starting out growing, or even some of the ones that do but do it in house. Resonating with your audience like a pro, talk to me. What what does that what does that mean? What does that what does that include? What does that look like? So let's talk about the matrix test. So. Um, there was uh, there was a project I worked on um, while I was over at Harm Brothers, and, and there were two very large, uh, expensive videos, right? And uh, and I'm a I'm a country boy from Wyoming, right? My parents don't buy anything. I'm not a consumer. That's not my style, right? And so so I went over to to Harm Brothers because I have a lot of respect for their salesmanship, right? Uh, and this was after they brought me over as an owner and a, and a senior creative director, and I said, guys. We got two videos with these guys. What should we do? They go, well, this one, let's do it off this, this cool transition factor. I go, okay, cool. What about the second video? And they go, you pick. And I go, I don't want to pick. I'm not, I'm not good at picking because I don't buy anything. I don't, I don't know how many, how people are going to buy against this. They go, well, just pick one. And so I did, I picked a, a two in one pragmatic uh, uh, buyer angle. Right. And then when the videos came out, the one that I chose destroyed the other one in terms of holistic ROAS. And I was so confused by that. So confused because I go, no, 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 no. You're the marketing mavens. I don't, this, the, I was not supposed to get this right. And the, and the point that I'm trying to make on this one is not, no, they were wrong. I was right. The point is I accidentally fell into something that was a sharper resonating message than, than this specific angle. This one converted okay, but this one converted better. And all of a sudden it dawned on me that there is a possibility that over the course of all of the products that we have created, there could have been sales angles that we were missing that we didn't even test into, that we didn't even know could have potentially converted better, right? And so that really put me down a rabbit hole for the next three years, uh, creating what, what I called the, the matrix test, which basically says, look, there's a custom funnel, different people across America, different demographics uh, will, will resonate with different messages so much better than others, right? Um, so for, let me take for an example, uh, GoTreads, right? When we did the matrix test on GoTreads, I think we tested 15 to 25 messages. It was a pretty extensive- What is GoTreads? What's GoTreads? It's this, it's this really cool uh, foldable traction recovery device that you can put in your trunk uh, if you get stuck in, in snow, sand, or mud, you can put it under your tires and it'll get you out within like seven seconds. It's, it's amazing. It. Like the new jumper cables, but for your tires, right? Got it. Um, 
they had been in in brick and mortar retail since the 70s and a, a brilliant product. They sold a lot to the military, right? But had just never really found their footing in the market, in the mainstream market. Uh, but as soon as COVID hit, they shut down their brick and mortars. They they were forced into e-commerce and they go, well, what do we do? And luckily, um, they had come to us over at, at Harm Brothers for the poop to gold $100,000 giveaway test or uh, giveaway contest right and and i campaigned for them hard saying listen guys i would love to be the the cd on with these guys i would love to see these guys win because i i just i see massive potential in these guys and and luckily i was not wrong they won the contest i consulted them i created objective for them i did the video for them uh edited it did the ad buying for them they grew five thousand three hundred percent just an astronomical success story, right? Um, it's Aaron Pinto and, and those guys over there, they're, they're amazing. But what we started with in consulting was their matrix test. We said, look, where's your messaging been over, over the past 30, 40 years since the 70s? Where have you been playing, right? Um, and, and what we found was a universal message that should be used across scripts is, uh, is the concept of universality. And they really hadn't been using this message. And it basically says this, um, did you know that, uh, that the go tread can work for a motorcycle, uh, a fire engine, an SUV, a subcompact SUV, a hatchback, a car, and all of a sudden it applies to everybody, right? Mm -hmm. But that universality wasn't wasn't the message that they were quite leading with, right? And then as we got into it, uh, we could actually start to parse the data pretty heavily and say, okay, which demographics really have affinity for different messages, right? Because there was one message that struck hard with females 18 to 34, and that was the that was the message of safety. And the message went something like this. When you are, are stuck out in the snow at midnight, the last thing you want to be doing is waiting two hours for some guy that you don't know to pull up in his tow truck. You know what I'm saying? You could see why that would resonate. But males 25, 24 to, to 56 could have cared less about that message. It has no resonance to them whatsoever, right? Um, uh, the, the, we, we had a lot of uh, similarity happening in uh, the orbit. Uh, they had a uh, a uh, flood sensor. Uh, if you go into your garage, there's typically like an orbit sprinkler system, right? Orbit was our client and they came out with a flood sensor. And we did a whole bunch of uh, message testing, matrix testing for those guys. And uh, not only were we, were we able to find out what message resonates hard in, in the mainstream, but we also find able to find out uh, which demographics cared most. For example, males really cared about smallest, most advanced. They like the technical angle of it, right? And then females, we could sell this thing on protect your memories. Once your memories are flooded, you can't get them back, right? But guys didn't care as much about the memories as, as the females did. And so all of a sudden, you can start to custom funnel into the messages that people actually resonate with, right? And so there's mainstream messages, which will typically write our, our kind of overall scripts. But then you really also want to start creating these little custom funnel messages that says, look, I know exactly who I'm going to start targeting because right now where our CPMs are doubling and tripling, we don't have time to spend money on audiences that don't work and that don't care. We have to spend right. money into, into the audiences that absolutely have affinity for the, for the, for the product that we're talking about. Right. And so it was off the matrix test that we were able to start uh, really accelerating uh, some of our sales for some of our products. For example, sauna benefits was the last product that I had at, at Harmon brothers, right, right before I left. And we took an equity stake in them. Um, 
And they came and, and they signed up for a very expensive package, right? For a hero package. And it's it's uh, it's a video that I still love that I creative directed uh, with Sean Zambrennan and, and Christian Busey, my new partners here at Buckwild. And uh, and I asked them, I go, guys, can you please do me a favor before we spend this very large sum of money on a big hero video? Can we please do a matrix test first so we can kind of understand what's going to move the needle for you? And they said, sure, absolutely. And so. Um, I love it when clients have, uh, trust us and have faith in us and do it because it really saves them so much money over a decade of, of what was the video? I want, I want to see if I could find it. What is it? So it's uh, it's it's sauna benefits. Uh, it's the Lewis and Clark company. It just got picked up by Adweek about a week in, or sorry, about a month and a half ago. Um, very, very good video and very successful video. And, and I remember saying to them, I go, okay, as we begin the matrix test, uh, we're going to pull data from three sources. Number one, we definitely want to know what your assumptions are on what message you, messages you think move the needle. Number two, we're going to do a frequency and a composite, a composite analysis online to see what other people are saying about their small business health insurance companies, right? Um, and then number three, uh, we're, we're actually going to use our own um, kind of gut level insertions so we can kind of throw some ideas in there as well. And I said, what do you guys believe is your number one leading message? Um, and I remember him saying, oh, bring your own doctor in the network. That's a big deal that you can do with us. I go, okay, very cool. Uh, what about number two? They said, oh, uh, our customer service, the fact that you can get somebody under the phone, uh, on the phone in under one minute, that's a massive deal. You go, okay, very cool. So I believe we tested 20 messages with them. Um, and their assumptions, I think, were two of the bottom three. The, the worst performing one was uh, the message of prevention, which rarely does well, uh, right? Because Americans, when we want something, we buy it now, or we run to Lowe's and get it. We don't, we don't tend to be very good at buying things that we think we might need later. Um, right. And so... The fact of the matter is, is their assumptions weren't terrible. Cause I said, uh, before we start, and I've got kids here in the house, you're going to hear kids in the back. I go, before we start kind of what's your base level cost per lead right now. And they said, we're kind of looking around $1,200 per lead. And luckily with a health insurance company, your AOV is pretty high and your lifetime value is pretty high. So, uh, you know, th they can eat that over time. That's not a problem, but obviously they want to be lower and sharper. Who doesn't. Right. Um, and so I remember prevention. Uh, once we did the video for them, it dropped their, their cost per lead from 1200 down to about 1,166. Um, and then the next one was, uh, 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 the customer service one and it, it dropped it, it dropped it down to about $886. Um, and then the, uh, let's see the bring your own doctor was a great one. It dropped it to like $476 or something like that. So of course, by this point, they're already pumped, right? But there were mm -hmm. nine other messages that were even sharper than the number one message that they had been leading with for quite a while, right? And they hadn't been doing a, a bad job. There's just there's just always something sharper out there, right? That we have to go find. And the number one message that just slayed it for them was employee replacement costs. And that message sounds something like this. Did you know that when a good employee quits, it costs your company up to $30,000 just to replace them? That's enough money to have given them the Fortune 500 benefits they were asking for to begin with. And there's something about that message that just, it's just this light bulb right. to people, right? It's like, well, I'm already spending that money. So why not spend that money? That dropped their cost per lead from $1,200 down to $191. And of course, they're just pumped out of their minds, right? And so it's out of that message that we can then start to create our worlds. 
then start to create our characters. But but we want to make those those all swim downstream from the message that actually resonates with the audience, right? And so it was Christian with us, uh, one of our creative directors and, and a partner at Buck Wild, um, who said, look, let's do Lewis and Clark. Let's uh, let's ask the question, why was it that Lewis and Clark made it first? Why didn't any other companies make it uh, uh, across the United States as fast as they did? And uh, we set up a scenario, well, was because Lewis and Clark had sauna benefits. Everybody else who didn't lost their employees to the Lewis and Clark company, and the rest is history. Right. Right. And so it's it's a it's a message that resonates very well and converts very well. And the cool thing is um, if you're to look at the number of leads, but then look at the number of qualified leads that come in, it actually increases the number of qualified leads that come in as well, because you're now resonating with people with a higher intent to purchase. One one thing that we noticed, we worked with a brand, oh, it was last year or something. We worked with Chamber Media. I don't know if you know. Travis Chambers and Chamber Media. Uh, Travis and, is a good buddy of mine since college. Yeah. And it was, you know, you know their level of production. It's obviously really, really good. Um, I think we did one of their smaller packages or the brand did one of their smaller packages. And basically they used that heavier set guy. It was like a lobster, like to your door brand where this guy was sitting there eating lobster or whatever. And none of the creative that they made versus us doing more of the lower quality taking more ugc approach like we had to shut it all off we spent a bunch of money and none of it worked it was basically i could have gave the money to the homeless and probably seen better results with it in terms of ad spend like the creative was really really cool it was funny it looked good but for some reason it just didn't resonate because almost like it was put on and fake versus real and that 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 whole campaign that we did with them not and i don't think it was them specifically but i think it was based around just the messaging and the level of production was so high um and this wasn't a brand of like purple's caliper where the that production needs to be so high but i mean if you go and watch purple's ads if you've never seen them where they're like bouncing stuff off the you know in the factories and all that stuff off that mm-hmm. it just keeps your attention it's really really good um and this for some reason it just just didn't and it it almost seemed like the higher level quality production just did not work specifically for this brand because that wasn't necessarily their brand level i don't think was to that level i guess if that makes sense to where they had to have you know that level of production like it wasn't going to be a commercial on tv where the level of purple is you know it could go on tv it's that highly produced um, well, and, and I don't know. Guys, Chamber, yeah. I, I know they've had a lot of success uh, in the past, and, and I know that they they work to be a very data driven agency as well. Uh, I, I think we're just we're in a day and age where the consumer is getting so much savvier, right? And we're starting to saturate the market more uh, with with the higher end production. I think what will always move the needle is um, high resonating persuasive content. Uh, we, we all have that content that just just resonates and recalls with us for years and years and years. Let me give you an example. I think it was Neutrogena back in the 90s, right? That uh, they put an ad out there and it was just, it was a girl talking to the camera and she said something like this. Uh, she goes, she goes, are you really gonna, gonna wash your face with the same bar that you wash your pits with? And obviously you're, you're, pits and you're thinking of other bits uh, as well, right? And there's something about that that just had, had such a gross factor that I was like, I was like, 
Yeah, that that is kind of a gross thing. It's the same concept of are you really going to wash your your dish towels in the same uh, laundry that you do you do your uh, your underwear with? You know, I think mm-hmm. I think we're we're in a day and age where creative, whether it's UGC, whether it's uh you know kind of kind of the high polished performance video, it's got to be massively memorable, very sharp, very persuasive, um, and, and it and it. I mean, format does matter. I'm not going to say the format doesn't matter, but at the same time, um, we've got to be careful not to swing the pendulum so far, right? That it's like, hey, let's uh, let's have some chuckles, throw some popcorn at the audience and uh, and hope they just buy this thing. Uh, you, we can't just be funny for funny's sake. You know what I'm saying? Right. We've got to say what, what is, is a massively resonating, persuasive argument. And we've got to fight as hard as we can uh, to, to stand above the body mirror. wash. I'm going to put you on the spot. So I haven't even watched please, this video. This is just Dr. Squatch. I haven't watched this. I didn't watch this. I just put it up. It's their latest video. It's like a month old. It's got a million subscribers, right? This is raindrop, I believe. Yeah. So I want to watch this. Now this guy, like there's some comments. I'll buy anything. This guy promotes like he's, this guy is memorable. Like his glass, the one he does for the glasses and stuff is so good. Well, let's watch this. And then I want, I would love to hear like what you would do, how we can make this even better. Cause anything these guys put out, I feel like is just liquid gold, right? Like yeah, I like raindrop. I, I feel like they put the But I like it. The goo needs to go. That junk is for kids. It's time to become a man with Dr. Squatch. Natural nourishing handmade soap for men. Grow up so fast. Dr. Squatch gets you energized to take on the day. Transports your shower and drives women crazy. You'll get there. Get ready to level up every stage of your life. From prom to graduation. From moving out to moving up. You'll work smarter than play harder. For too long, men have been showering like boys. Ditch the boring generic bar. It makes your skin dry and sad. In the real world, you need real soap made with real ingredients like shea butter, coconut oil, kale and clay, and sea salt that clean, lather, and exfoliate better, leaving your skin smooth yet strong. When you shower with Dr. Squatch, you unleash epic aromas like pine tar and bay rum. (laughs) Dr. Squatch is for dads, bosses, champions. Because no matter what kind of man you are, it's time to upgrade your personal care routine with natural products that you deserve. Go to DrSwatch.com today and join the millions of satisfied men that have made their lives better with Dr. Swatch. Real soap for real men. Like father, like son. Feel like a man. Smell like a champion. So obviously, anybody that's crap. Now I got a Got a Lego fan on your holiday list? <laughs> From hard to find sets that make un. Uh, yeah. So, so anybody, that, anybody that knows, I was gonna say anybody that knows Doctor Squatch knows that level of creative is super good that they put out. Um, you know, that was a minute and a half. It went. It went quick. Like it didn't seem like that was over like about a minute and a half. A uh, couple questions. One before we break that piece of creative down, what is something like that? And I, I've actually we did one call with the actual founder of Range Up. 
what does something like that one video like cost in terms of production budget for a minute and a half thing like that? Uh, with Buckwild, with, with uh, I, I can't speak for everybody else's agency. Uh, with Buckwild, that would probably be like 140 to 160. It, it depends on kind of the, the added uh, world elements that you want to put into it, but it'd probably be right there in that arena. Um, yeah, I like I, I kind of know the cost with the other agencies, and I just I don't want to speak for them. No, that makes sense. That, that's uh, the means that we'd put it at. How would you spin that? Like, I thought it was good. It kept my attention. I mean, I don't know if I wasn't on this call, if I probably would have watched the whole thing, but I I found it interesting. I found it funny. I think I probably would have. I mean, most of that stuff I've watched, you know, I laugh and when I, that face. I think that's why they only have him doing like that specific stuff now is because his face is so memorable. Mm -hmm. It's like you almost want to watch it when you've seen him because he's just funny. He's how guy. would you have yeah. how would you have spawned that up differently or what would you have tested differently or how would you have pivoted from that based on your matrix testing and all that kind of stuff? Um, so, yeah, the interesting thing on that one is the thesis really is smell like a man. Right. And so whatever your opening three second visual is, is probably going to play inside that world as much as possible. Um, so I don't know if that's taming bears, wrestling wolves. I don't know what that is exactly, but uh, what did they have? I don't even know what they I did. Your they body close up him, and they probably did a variation test to, to make sure that that was the winning. I'm, I'm sure they had probably like four or five intros uh, that they tested. And, and to your point, he probably won because he's now so well branded with just his face. Yeah, it's just him, and then it's the kid. Your body wash is. But I love. And then it's the kid squeezing. So yeah, 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 and and obviously it depends on how big people want to go with their packages. Um, but uh, anything that just plays to that thesis as hard as possible. Um, I've gotten to the point, for me personally, where uh, we've we've done so many intro variation tests with people. Um, what what I've learned over and over and over again is. Uh, you've got to be careful not, not to, uh, not to not hit the thesis as, as clear as possible right out the gate, right? Because yeah. if you if you know your resonating message, then you play your visual thesis up front to that. And if you don't have the visual thesis that talks about uh, what the thing that's going to resonate is with, then you just you just lost all this data. You just ruined all this data that resonates already, right? We already know what's going to kill it with the market. Now let's show that in the sharpest way possible. So, I mean, what I might might have adjusted up front is if that if if their data says uh, smell like a man, then I want to I want to show something that smells like a man uh, as as strong as possible. I don't know if that's a a guy flexing uh, bare biceps or something, but but I'm I'm going to try to get that visual as strong as possible. Um, I like that they that they put uh, the idea of thousands of reviews in there. I actually would have loved to hear uh, two or three reviews from actual people. And I love the new uh, the new milieu where people are saying, "Hey, here's a one star review. Uh, this uh, this beltless belt didn't have any belt holes. What a belt hole!" Like I I I love when people play with the one star review now. So um, I think actually hearing what people are saying about it uh, can actually further the sale quite a bit. Um, and then uh, th there was one, there was a third thought I had on this one. Uh, I, I think getting a little sciency, a little sciency, you don't have to go too far with it, right? But, uh, but the benefit is obviously smelling like a man and walking past people and, and she sniffs him and it's like, oh, he's, he's a manly guy. But I think a, a great yes and for anybody who, 
who wants to get a little into the tech or the science, which guys tend to want to, uh, would have been awesome to show some uh, uh, some scanning electron microscope uh, uh, shots of of what this soap does for your skin versus the leading brand versus the other guys. Um, we, we tend to see that that stuff does really well with guys, especially on top of funnel purchases. So I think I would have gotten a little sciency. I think that would have been, been uh, pretty cool, but you know, I'm sure they sold like crazy and they did very well. This guy right here that you're looking at Christian Busafe, by the way, hire him guys. Uh, this is my partner over Buckwild media. When we start with him, he has a 16% increase in retention rate uh, than almost anything else we test on screen. <laughs> he's 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 just like the 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 guy you just barely saw. Like he just he does really well for retention right out the gate. It's hard to look away from him. In fact, if you go to uh, to uh, to YouTube and look up Defunkify, he is. I think we tested 15 intro variations of our Scots commercial while I was at Harmon Brothers. Um, and he is our first shot because he tests so high, so, so high. So I highly recommend it. He's, he is fantastic. And so handsome. So on this one, uh, we really start talking about uh, story. And I know everybody talks about story. When we talk about story, we're talking about literal uh, narrative conversion. We're actually trying to head into that direction right now. And, and we really just tested that on Dirty Dough with that five-episode spot. Um, and my goodness, it it just worked fantastically uh, for those guys. Um we obviously can't take full credit on that one because they also had EKR agency working billboards and uh, Bennett Maxwell did a fantastic job selling. Um, but for Dirty Dough, for example, uh, when we put the videos out, it got the attention again of uh, Good Morning America, CNBC, uh, Wall Street Journal. Bennett reported to us, uh, also reached out to him because of the videos um, and for them doubled sales and tripled franchise sales. It's, I think when the, the lawsuit started, he said it, uh, they had 90 franchises and today they have 270 franchises and selling. It's just, it's awesome. It's an anomaly. That's Sean. So a lot of content. So, so Justin, here's a question for you. Um, and I need to spend a lot more time on Adleek sites. I, I spend too much time out shooting and editing constantly. Um, for for you guys, what are the biggest problems that, that uh, and challenges that you see with, uh, with 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 people calling in, texting in, chatting in? Like, what what are the biggest challenges people are dealing with? I would say it's probably. You know, I think one thing that you're you've been talking about is I think a lot of people when they when they put out creative, they don't test they test a piece of creative. They don't actually test the first three seconds of that piece of creative ten different ways. Like they just test the whole creative. And if the creative works, cool, it worked. If it doesn't, off to the next piece of creative. You know, it's kind of like ad testing. You know, I'm not a creative guy by any means. If I would apply how I test ads 
to how I look at creative, it would be the same way. I test my headlines. I test my descriptions. I, I test the image that shows on a video in terms of what shows. And if you start up, if, if you were to start applying that as to how you're doing your creative, it makes sense, right? Test a bunch of different ways. The hook first three to five seconds. That's what hooks the user. That's what keeps their attention. Why wouldn't you test that 10 different ways? But I think when you get to the lower level, when you get to the lower level production of where people are doing this in house, you know, I don't know how they really set up their production if they just shoot and test one piece of creative rather than stitching it together or whatever. But I think that's probably the biggest, the biggest thing, biggest takeaway for me is that people need to break their their creative down, whether it's high production creative, high low value, whatever, and start micro testing pieces of that creative with different intros, with you know that type of stuff. And I think that's probably what most people don't probably do if if we were to ask you know i know we have some people watching this um if we were to ask i would assume that's probably the biggest thing that they're not doing and but i'd love to show you actually um can i can i uh share my yeah. screen really quick yeah i think so yeah try otherwise i gotta probably enable permissions i got on my screen ever here we go because i did queue it up okay tell me if you can see this because this is yep is the matrix test in action right here this is how yeah. it works like um when people split test creative here's where my mind gets blown a little bit um creative in general um if it's a different duration if it has a completely different spokesperson a different completely different world that's not split testing right the scientific method says that you you test one variable at a time right and let's say that you've got five ads going on at the same time yeah five five completely separate ads completely separate shot things uh they're going to test very differently and that's okay to say okay yeah this is the one or two top winners but when you're really granularly testing this is what you're doing uh for example we were testing the message in general right and so here we have what's called the prefix and i'm going to loop this i'm just going to loop this puppy forever the prefix is the exact same for each video. And then the suffix, the end, the last 45 seconds is the exact same, right? And so our prefix basically says, what's our thesis? What are we talking about? Who are we talking to? And for Sauna Benefits, for example, it says your business, talking to business owners, has never seen health insurance like this. Your business, business owners, talking about health insurance, right? So we know who we're talking to. We know what we're talking about. Um, and then we have what's called a VP variation or a value proposition variation or just an angle, right? And uh, we're testing different different actual messages, but we're really trying to keep the duration the same as much as possible. And we're trying to keep uh, the visual architecture the same as much as possible. So when people convert, they're converting off the message, not off some clever joke, not off a different duration that has different CPMs, not off uh, some completely different image they're converting off the message and the message only, right? And so we were able to confidently say with Sauna Benefits, hey, when we dropped you down from $1,200 per lead down to $191 per lead, we can confidently say it was because of the message because everything was, was completely the same. The prefix is the exact same. The suffix is the exact same. And then the VP variation, we stayed within the same five seconds uh, right. throughout, throughout the test on that. I bet we could have got that. 190 down to $50 a lead. Did you test ladies covering? Did you test 
sex, selling sex in terms of <laughs> honestly, uh, seriously. I mean, it sounds crazy, but a, a blonde haired you know, the, the emotional angle, you know, you're spot on because once you understand message and, and my friend Levi McPherson uh, is starting to train this into my, in my head now, you then should actually test the buyer code, right? Which is another emotional angle off of Maslow's hierarchy of needs, right? Uh, testing tribalism, testing, uh, testing the, uh, the emotional need to belong, right? The, uh, uh, the, the, the testing uh, efficiency, testing speed. Like there's so many more angles. Once a message is picked, then you can go off all these emotional angles on the angle itself. So yeah, yeah. you can test into oblivion. And I tend to like doing that because I am. Right. A and it I does, would have been really interested to see like just changing the model, keeping the whole story the same, even maybe even keeping the model the same, but doing like a low V cut shirt, right. And target only males. I that, guarantee that would have been a hard one for me because I, uh, I I've got <laughs> I've got some no 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 I've I've got I've got morals I've got morals that that would have been a hard thing for me. Well, um, that depends on the brand. Like that could that would probably work with Doctor Squatch, but obviously with the health benefits. But just think about that that little one thing, obviously, right? And you target males with that. I mean, you're I guarantee you already you slashed your lead price tremendously. I I could almost bet you a hundred dollars. <laughs> I probably bet but, you. More how than low that. do we sell until we sell our soul? You know what I'm saying? Like we've got to. No. But but no, I, 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 I think know where you're coming really... from. You, you could sell. You could absolutely test into oblivion. One hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. But I think this kind of helps give people the idea, right? Like I think, I think what most people probably do, and maybe not, and I don't know what you know. Then you get into a whole another world of okay, how long did you test? What did you spend? You know, how did you test? And we get to that whole breakdown, which is a whole nother, that's the ad buying side. But I think well, a lot of people- And then there's the conversation of statistical significance, right? Like, like we don't even, we don't even at this point claim statistical significance. There just comes to be a point where you see the data part like cream, right? And that's, that's where it gets really cool. Where all of a sudden, yeah. some messages, it's like, it's like, hey, here we go. 50 conversions um, versus, versus zero or one or two. And it just starts to take off. And that, well, that's when you spend this much on creative, right? When you're spending this kind of money on creative, you have to test to statistical significance because if you spend so much fucking money on the creative, it's so expensive, right? But if I was to do this in it, like if this was a smaller brand, let's say they're spending, I don't know, 30,000 a month, 40,000 a month. And we had this one video, right? And we didn't have any of this text on there. Like in-house, most agencies can overlay that text. Like that's really, really easy. Not difficult to do for a lot of people right. obviously the other part is really really difficult like we wouldn't test probably to what some would call statistical significance because we don't have the budget to really do that so we're rapid fire testing and looking more at like outbound click-through rates uh add to cart metrics Absolutely. purchases ultimately but we're looking at upper funnel metrics just to say okay you know we threw these three in a in a testing ad set you know and obviously some people would take that creative, like you don't want to put it into, you want to make sure like, cause Facebook favors, like, right. If you're taking the same piece of creative that's been running for a while and you're testing the same ad set as a new piece of creative, that's not really a fair test, especially if you're using the post ID and this one has a bunch of engagement on it or anything like that. Like you have to start those from a fresh post right. ID to specifically right. test. Like we would cut pretty quick because we're trying just, we don't have the budget of spending you know we didn't spend two hundred and fifty thousand dollars on this we spent a thousand 
So when you look at the difference of costs and you figure out when you do the math of how quick you have to cut because the creative costs less, you know, we're rapid fire cutting pretty quick. Um, if they're not showing good metrics out the gate uh, versus some other ones, we cut it, we would move on. And, and that's that's where uh, the matrix test, I think, would actually fall apart. In fact, uh, we, we tell our clients quite a bit. We'll say, hey, uh, we strongly recommend you do the ad buying through us. But if you do it with your ad buyer, please just have them call us because the counterintuitive thing with the matrix test is we're literally asking clients on this upfront test, not, not in the future test, but on this upfront test, we're saying we actually invite you to spend inefficiently on this first test. And the intuition is because we want to find what messages, if you were to put your budget on over the next 10 years, you would waste millions of dollars on. So we're asking you to waste thousands of dollars now to save you millions of dollars later, because if you can find out what is a waste right here and what, and what is absolutely inefficiency, then we can have directional confidence going, going forward in the future to know really where to pour the gas into. Because you, right. you're exactly right. An ad buyer's intuition, which which works nine out of 10 times uh, uh, with, with any ad buying, wouldn't work here because you don't want to cut too quick because the sifting process is kind of doing this uh, early on in the test, right? But once that sifting just starts to really drop like rocks and start to rise like cream, that's when you start to go, okay, yeah, we've, we've, we've got some separation here in the market. And that's really what we yep. want to find. Do you ever specifically make your creative look lower quality? In terms of the recently, the yes, quality. recently, yes, because you're you're exactly right. We were talking earlier about the UGC versus the polished stuff, um, and and Daniel Harmon and I were talking about this the other day, and this is what Daniel says, and I actually like this. Uh, he goes, he goes, uh, he goes. UGC is great. He goes, but try to run a brand uh, forever off of UGC, and I'm I'm actually not saying that it can't be done, but he's not totally wrong. If you look at look at a funnel like Lumi's, and I love Lumi's funnel. You get stuck in that, and all of a sudden, you're going to be served a hero video followed by unboxing, UGC, UGC, testimonial, uh, a nice polished sprint video, sprint video, UGC, UGC, a hero video, a hero light video, UGC. I love uh, a well-curated funnel that has a little bit of everything in it. But like, uh, uh, oh, how did I forget his name? I, I absolutely worship this guy. Former CMO over at Purple, Alex MacArthur, now the the CMO over at Kizik. The other day he was at, uh, he was doing doing a conversation piece. And I said, Alex, what is your number one converting piece for Kizik right now? And he goes, UGC. It's UGC. What's Kizik? I don't know what Kizik is. It's this, luckily for you, I got him on right now. It's this amazing quick step-in shoe that pops. They just licensed this to, tech, to, to Nike. You step in, pop, go. You'll never have to tie your shoelaces ever again. It's the greatest shoe on planet Earth. Love it. Um, but anyway, with uh, with his UGC, he, he goes UGC is outperforming the polish stuff, and and I'm not surprised about that at all. UGC right. is a fantastic piece of content right now. So yeah, my thoughts. What are your thoughts? I want to hear from you, Justin. What are your thoughts here? Uh, I mean, I mean, I think we're hitting all of the good points. I know it's probably hard for some of these people. I mean, I noticed that we have, in at least we have a wider range of, you know, big people that spend a lot. And then we have a lot of small people. Um, you know, it's not necessarily to say like, you got to start somewhere. I think the big takeaway home is the biggest thing to do with resonate. You tell me, but I think the biggest thing that I've took away from this 
to resonate with your audience is you have to test to figure that out. Different angles at different spots, mainly through whether it's through text or through different things on those pieces of creative to actually really, really test it. Like you're testing an ad set specifically in Facebook ads manager. Like that's essentially what it comes down to not just taking a whole piece of creative and, and throwing it in there. Um, 100%. Uh, so I, what I are, thought, and I want to ask uh, you about this really quick, if I can, um, do you see um, a lot of people talking to you uh, where people are just, just looking for gold rush after gold rush. They're like, they're like, run over here. Uh, now, now go to TikTok. Now run over here. Now just go to this. Okay. It's UGC or nothing. Uh, I, I see a lot of this lately where everybody's, everybody is kind of, it's it's almost like nobody can think multifaceted. Everybody's like, this is the one way to do it. And they get locked into this like swinging pendulum to the far right side until, until everybody just runs to the next side. Um, I would love to offer up to everybody just a different way of doing things because, because recently I've, I've been very lucky to talk with some very, uh, like you, Justin, to talk with some uh, incredibly talented people who have worked in multiple brands and blown them up. A lot of people are saying, look, if you are specifically in e-commerce 100%, like it's it's time to start diversifying into out-of-home. It's start to, time to start looking at Amazon partnerships, right? It's, it's not just the TikToks. It's not just Facebook's Instagram. LinkedIn is a great place to be right now, especially if you're a product over $150, right? And you've got, got a business offering to be in. Um, you know, uh, Rapify, rapify.com, W-R-A-P-I-F-Y. Uh, where you can actually go out and and show your ads on vehicles, uh, like like even implementing salespeople, door to door salespeople. Like there are so many more facets to what we do in marketing besides pushing buttons on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok. Like, and when we can start looking at a more multifaceted approach uh, to to advertising, we are so much more effective. In fact, I was just probably talking to. Uh, Oh my goodness. I, I've got to think of it. Joe Atkin over at uh, nomadic bag. And he, he also helped uh, blow up goal zero and he was over at outlet and, and he's blown up so many brands. He goes, he goes, look, you know, uh, 50% going, going towards e-commerce is great, but it's it, when you start looking at other out of homes uh, places as well. And I'm, I'm absolutely butchering what, what he said to me the other day, but he's just saying, look, I've blown up so many, so many brands, but we take a very multifaceted approach. Uh, we, we've got to outsmart the market and not just think that we can be at one at uh, at, at one roulette table all day, right? Okay. Uh, go go play some other games. There's there's a lot out here in marketing that we can play with that are absolutely at our fingertips and and that are actually lower cost options as well that we can supplement to, to what we're doing here. The thing is to be able to track like you know to be able to track that performance like what you can yeah i don't know if you've noticed this but like if you've ever looked in your mailbox now versus maybe even like as of two three years ago you're gonna notice the amount of direct mail for e-commerce brands now you're getting full magazines you're getting you know it's way more than it used to be five years ago even even two years ago probably even a year like it's now there's specific, I think somebody in AdLeaks was asking, you can do, um, they're asking for something with direct mail and or about doing direct mail. And I said, well, yeah, now you could even tag like El Toro. I don't know if you've heard of El Toro, but you can do 
basically they match IP to address, and then you can do along with your direct mail piece, you can tie pieces of creative to that. So you could do a whole campaign around, you know, that where you're all the devices after that direct mail piece gets to the mailbox, all the devices on that IP get hit with the specific same campaign as that direct mail. Piece. <laughs> um, you know, it's so invasive. I love it and I hate it, but I, but that that's amazing. There's, right. And, but yeah, it's hard for smaller, but it's harder for smaller brands to be, you know, at the cost, like what we, what you said at the beginning. And I think I've said this the last three or four lives, cause it always comes up with the iOS cost changes with, you know, the, the rising and shipping, you know, with over, even as far as the last year, like I see people complaining, I had two people complaining five minutes before this call. Why am I down year over year? Well, well, this year versus last year, one even... just added a new tax. What, what was that a month ago? Oh, yeah. All, yeah, like all breakages. Totally. Last year and this year are completely different. Like last year, we were still in COVID a little bit. This year, like COVID's pretty much over for now, for sure. But then we have the entire recession on top of it. Like it's uh, not even. A, yeah, I think you might have for a second. Like you can't compare oh, last year and this year. It's not. It's not even a compare. It's not comparable. Like. You know, some brands are up, some brands are down, some brands, why am I down? It's well, there could be a lot of reasons, but you know, we're like the market is the market shit right now. Look at the entire market and the nature of the economy. It's not good, which makes it harder for brands to venture out into other channels because, you know, I, I, I don't know how much ad buying you guys do outside of Facebook and outside of Google, but 95% of the brands are ads or you know anything that i see or like look at those are still your those two are still your top king you know traffic sources yeah we've we've started to fall in we've started uh to fall in love with billboards honestly all right like you've you've got thousands of people a day along along a highway who are actually close to to points of purchase um and then you can actually retarget them now using stuff like rapify where they can actually track your ip so you've got your vehicle moving around. You see, you see what that impression is, and then once they get within a certain range of your store, you can hit them and, and geotarget them and zip code them. Uh, there's there's some amazing things that we can do right now that are not not as expensive as, as people would think, you know. And luckily, so we thought can... about that because we did a campaign for Rapify, and we were like, wait, what? You can do this at these CPMs? And then Reddit, right? Reddit uh, could potentially be a little bit of a gold rush right now because. Reddit CPMs just dropped like crazy, you know? Right. So there there are places. I was going to say, I think you just taught me something new. So basically you have a billboard and you're capturing mobile device IDs of anybody that comes into your circle around that billboard. You grab that ID and then when they leave, you're able to target them later based on them being in that billboard area. Uh, Rapify allows you to do that uh, because it'll, it'll grab those IPs uh, within the vehicle. So Rapify has cars that will that will get wrapped with your advertisement and then they can they can uh geofence areas. In fact, you can even do swarm events where you send like five cars to an event. Let's let's say that you want to sell uh baseball baseball hats or something like that, right? Well, you can go send these to uh to the to uh let me let me say let me say football hats, right? You, you could send five swarm cars to uh, to the Super Bowl and all of a sudden advertise at the Super Bowl and get very crafty. Uh, around that, right? There are just right. there there are just so many cool ways coming out there that the people get to take yeah. a look at, you know. 
So they're talking, I'm looking at Rapify's website now. It's W-R-A-P-I-F-Y.com. I know they only have a couple minutes, but um, I know someone here, they, they tie into Nielsen studies. And I'm sure you're at the level of brands you're working with. I'm sure you're 100% familiar with Nielsen studies. I'm sure a lot of other people are not familiar with Nielsen studies. I don't necessarily know that I believe them that much. It's really hard because we've done some Nielsen studies with them, right? And we look at in-platform attribution and we're talking like brands that have stuff in Walmart and in all the grocery stores and all this stuff. And then you have really, really good in-platform attribution. Like it's better than almost anything else there that's for this brand. And I don't know. Are you very familiar with Nielsen studies? Uh, it's it's more television studies than anything, correct? Well, they do At like so they do do online stuff now where they can tie. Good. Basically, my my my, uh, my ramble here is essentially we had a brand. They're in like Walmart and Amazon, like they're they're global, right? And it basically the Nielsen study said like basically your ads are crap. It's all in store stuff, right? But how? How are they able to tell that somebody goes into a huge Walmart store and buys that? You know, like, I don't understand. And they send you like this hundred page document with all this, like, and they're like supposed to be able to say like, oh yeah, your Walmart stuff is really, really good. And like, how, how do you know that? Like, come on. Like, I don't understand how you even can claim that. Like, <laughs> well, and I believe it or not, I'm just hearing about the Nielsen uh, connection with Rapify for the first time, because I've, I've always heard about the IP pinging more than anything. And that's what, that's what got me the most excited was it's actual data of actual people with actual impressions. Uh, cause, cause yeah. Yeah, Nielsen, like I used to get the $2 surveys, the, the shame surveys. It's like, Hey, we'd like to pre thank you with this $2, uh, amount yeah. at our survey. Right. Um, yeah. I never filled out the surveys. <laughs> I don't either. <laughs> yeah. I don't, I don't know what happened to their two bucks. I'll have to check this out. Yeah. This looks pretty cool. I've never heard of it actually. I'm going to. Yeah. It's, it's super cool. And, and the, the new stuff with, with mountain and connected TV stuff, like, like mountain things are sucks. opening up. Things are, things are, but, but things are opening up. The, the point is like, we're getting a, a new mount, uh, a new mass saturation. And, and personally, my thoughts are yes. Uh, Zuckerberg's going to have to adapt to the hate that he just grabbed over the past three years because my gosh, did he do a single thing to help out the small brands that, that uh, everybody was touting over the past five years. I I think that something is going to have to give on that front. Right. Twitter advertising political or not feel the way that you feel about it, but there's just, there's just new market entry into advertising every single day. And I'm excited about it because eyeballs are moving to different places other than Facebook, Instagram and Facebook, Instagram will ultimately have to adapt to it over time. As long as they have the inventory, let's pray that they have the inventory. Right. So it'll be fun to go to those. Well, man, we can survive. We'll we'll be. Yeah. Yeah. I appreciate it. Uh, Thank you for taking time out of your busy day. I know you're a super busy guy. Um, So I just want to thank you on behalf of myself and the ad leagues team and the members. Thanks for hopping on giving us a little deep dive into some different creative, uh, creative strategy, creative things going on. So. Well, thanks for having me. It's been awesome being with you, Justin. And uh, uh, hopefully, hopefully everybody's doing well out there and adapting to, to the newness of, of everything that's going on. And, and guys, if, if you ever have any questions for me, feel free to reach out to me because yeah, we, we know the pain that it is to, to try to navigate 
this new marketing milieu. It's a little bit of a pain in the butt, but it is possible. And there is success to be had out there still. So please feel free to reach out if, if you need anything. All right. Appreciate it, James. Thanks, Dan. You got it. Thank you. We'll see you guys. Yeah. yeah. Later.